Hey, what's up, y'all? This episode was recorded prior to A7FL announcing their award winners for this year. So we here at the Parlay want to give a special shout out to the Florida Division's own quarterback of the Tampa Nightcrawlers, Mr. Mark Bagway, for winning this year's Offensive Player of the Year. Shout out to him. Shout out to his teammates. And of course, so with no further ado, let's start the show. Welcome everyone to the Parlay. So welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of The Parlay. We are your hosts. My name is Woody. My name is Joey. And we are back with a very special episode of The Parlay. Uh, For the very, very first time, me and Joey are, in fact, in the same room recording this episode for you guys. Yeah, we're definitely excited to be here shooting in person with each other. Um, definitely elevating our podcasting game. And for what we have planned out for the next year to come, um, just wanted to say thank you to start off for all of our loyal listeners out there and what we got planned for you guys. It's going to be big and hope to keep entertaining y'all. Absolutely, 100%. Um, as Joey said, we have been elevating this podcast, but it's only through you guys. Uh, we've checked the numbers, analytics are up, and it's a very, very, very special Thank you to you guys for this uh, listening this entire season. Um, we've come to the end of this season. Uh, a national champion has been crowned. I believe, uh, Joey, I think we're the last ones of all the media of A7 to talk about it. So uh, I'm definitely excited to get into that. Yeah, same. And like what he just said, it's our first postseason uh, show of the year. We plan on doing, you know, reoccurring shows to keep you guys in the loop. Um, any off-season news that we hear that we can break to you guys um, we hope to be you guys' first source of getting that out. Absolutely, 100%. I think, as I tell Joey, uh, this is a very most, uh, the most interesting and nastiest point of the season for us here in the A7FL. Uh, once the season's over, there's a lot of moving and shaking, a lot of moving parts all over, and we will do our best to bring you all the concrete news and even some of the juicy rumors, right? around the league uh, as far as what's going on this offseason. Yeah, and, you know, just to start off, what's going on in the offseason, I know that I can say I've seen the most movement from Jersey and Vegas, and as usual, the Ohio division and the Florida division have been relatively quiet. I haven't really seen any action on the boards. Um, From being a veteran, Woody, do you see that subject to change, or do you think that's how it's going to be up until the uh, the new – or I guess the fall season and also the spring season coming up. Yeah, I think the boards are definitely going to wake up once some of these moves get a little bit more concrete. I think we're getting a lot of smoke and mirrors now, in my opinion. Uh, a lot of these moves that we're hearing might not truly be what it is going to be once the first throw-off goes off for even fall. But I will say that, it, like you said, it this is definitely the most movement we've heard ever in the league and I think a lot of that has to has a part in it or what a lot of it has to do with the final outcome of the national championship game uh do you want to get into that first and then we go yeah let's let's get into it um as as you guys all know uh the Las Vegas Insomniacs and City Insomniacs beat the Tampa Bay Nightcrawlers it was a what a one score game it was a one score game I believe it was was it 52 46 I mean, I think we'll do some fact-checking here for once. Um, but it was definitely a high-scoring game. It was definitely um, one for the ages, one that um, everyone is dubbing as one of the greatest games played in A7 history. 
But I'm definitely going to get that final score for you. I know that they've been posting the highlights over and over again from that game. We've seen that last play at nauseum was what I want to call it. Um, it was 50 to 46. That was the final score of that game. Wow. A lot of points. Exactly what we expected from both teams. A lot of offense, high-powered offense. The defense, defense was there in some spurts, but it came down to the wire. It came down to the last play. Pretty much whoever had the, uh, the ball last, it was going to come down to theirs. And the uh, Tampa Bay Nightcrawlers ended up throwing a pick pretty much essentially in the end zone to, uh, to end the game. So, Woody, is that how you expected the game to go? Um, the, the result of it and just the, the flow of the game? Not at all. <laughs> I didn't see that game playing out the way it did. Um, we were going to be honest. We were homers. We thought that the Tampa, Na- uh, Tampa Bay Nightcrawlers were going to win the game. and We thought it was going to be convincing. Um, so I definitely think I want to tip my hat to those Insomniacs for putting together one hell of a game. They were there punch for punch with those guys. Um, from the conversation I had with Reed Johnson uh, just hours before that game, uh, that's their game plan is to just overwhelm you with offense. And the Insomniacs didn't let them ha- let that happen. They were right in there. And like you said, it came down to key defensive plays that really turned the tide of that game. And ultimately, I think um, the, the Nightcrawlers, they, they lost the game. I don't think they were beat. I think when they were up two scores, they were about to go up 38-20 to 20 and put the game essentially out of reach. Um, they, they got sloppy, and they kind of they got back to that uh, rare breed game where they started having too much fun. They didn't wait till the final whistle to blow, blow, and that is essentially what cost them the game. I think everyone has said that. I think from everyone I've spoken to, even um... – Nightcrawler players, they will say that they it was eerily similar to how they lost uh, last year against the Rare Breed. But I, I'm definitely interested, me personally, in um, a conversation with somebody the same way last year you were you were you were hard on the Nightcrawlers for sure for how they lost the game and um, you wanted to know what it was like on that sideline and how was it that they let that slip again. I am really interested in maybe having another conversation with a Nightcrawler um, and seeing what that is. Um, the game, like you said, the way it played out and the way, you know, with the question you asked me, that was their second lowest scoring total of all season. Their lowest, you know, we're going to pat ourselves on the back, was uh, to the, the the Orlando Ghosts. That was a 40-18 to 18 win in week one. But after that, they never got even close to that score for the rest of the season. So for them, even when they played um, – the Watchmen, they scored 60, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep, they dropped 60 on them. Yeah, so for them to then turn around and only drop 46, and listen, only, right? <laughs> for them to drop 46, the second lowest total in the championship game, um, that's a hat off, hats off to the night, uh, to the Insomniacs, for sure. Yeah, and mainly I'm interested to see the fallout, not only with the Nightcrawlers, but also the Insomniacs. Because if you think about it like this, Insomniacs, they just won the national championship. All those guys, they got their ring, they got their their, their talking points. Now, are they going to stay together and try and run the uh, run the gauntlet again? Or are those a little bit smaller of a fish say, hey, you know what, I want to go build my own team. I want to go see if I can build my own national championship team and compete. And let's see if the, the Insomniacs fall apart. Same thing with the Nightcrawlers. You have this same situation two years in a row, only you go deeper in the playoffs. 
bigger stakes, uh, more more viewers from what I've seen. The the viewers compared to last year was astronomical. What's going to happen with that? What's going to happen with the play calling, the coaching, just the internal structure of that team? Is it going to fall apart, or is it really going to really iron going to sharpen iron over there? And are they going to build to come back stronger and better than ever? That's really interesting. I I am interested to see what happens, the fallout for it. Um, are those insomniacs going to be able to keep those guys? Big number five, the running back. Excuse me for not knowing names, but I know I go by numbers. Uh, number five, number 11, their wide receiver. Number seven, uh, fantastic wide receiver who played a hell of a game. Um, I know number 85 made another big play. Um, again, fellas, I know. <laughs> You guys out in Vegas, don't kill me for not knowing your your names, but I definitely got your jersey numbers from the plays that you made. Um, and their quarterback definitely impressed me in that game as well. I want to see, like you said, I'm really interested to see if these guys say, hey, you know what? We won it last year. Let's show everyone it's not a fluke, and let's, let's stay together. Or like you said, some guys say, hey, I want to go to a, a team and show it that, you know, show that my contribution was more than the, than the recognition that I was getting. Because I think that's a big factor out there in Vegas is some of them guys feel like they're not getting the right recognition. What, do you, what have you been seeing from them? I mean, just from what I've seen um, in the chats, they're all talking about building their own team, this and that. I think for the fall, I saw that they're going to have 16 teams in the fall, and then the best eight are going to move forward to the spring. And essentially everyone wants to be that guy out there. They're used to uh, you know this, the spotlight out there. Everyone wants to be him and... Essentially, it worked out for Insomniacs. Um, you know, typically when it comes down to championship football, some guys need to take a step back. They need to take that uh, that role player role. They need to be team players. And for the championship game, they were able to do that. And maybe, you know, for the Nightcrawlers, guys saw a little bit of argument going on on the sideline about guys wanting the ball. It looked like they brought in some, some fresh faces that we had not seen before. Not sure uh, how that was negotiated or legalized, but I guess anything for the views out there with A7FL, right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, essentially it was the Nightcrawlers from you know, year one to year two. They brought in all those fresh faces, those guys. You know, the OGs didn't get to play in the game. And year, year three, kind of the same thing from year two, those Vocal guys like Reek, I did not see Reek have as much of an impact as he has all season, and especially um, the um, the game between the uh, the Watchmen. So I guess they're trying to elevate and forget about the guys that that got them there. So I'm really interested to see what happens from here on out for the Nightcrawlers. It was definitely interesting seeing interesting seeing some of those newer faces out there. Um, we. Didn't hear too much from Rico Brown after um, the man went crazy against the Watchmen. Uh, like you said, Reek, we didn't see too much. Um, Logo had a good game. Um, you know, obviously Bagway is Bagway, and I think he, he showed that. Um, I think the really, the really interesting take, or I guess the selfish takeaway that I have, and I may be jumping the shark again, um, is, again, with I feel like the Crawlers getting the platform and making it all the way to the championship game, I think it got it. It gave everyone the opportunity to see that the talent here in Florida isn't what everyone thought it was. I said that before. I kind of said that on the preview, um, and I'm saying that again now after seeing the game that they put against you know Vegas's finest. Um, 
yeah, it, it shows the talent that we have here in Florida. This is the juggernaut that we were going against, you know, every other week mm-hmm. down here. Mm-hmm. And that goes to show that, hey, they were winning like, you know, I'm going to show some shade to Ohio. But people were finishing the game against the Crawlers, you know. We were going four quarters with the Crawlers as opposed to out there in, in you know, in Ohio. They weren't finishing games against the Gales. Gales were playing three quarters every week. Mm-hmm. And that kind of goes to show the vast difference in the talent pool, whereas here we are going toe-to-toe with these juggernauts, a juggernaut that made it all the way to the championship. Um, Insomniacs blew out <laughs> the chaos. And, and, yeah, essentially I think that comes down to the coaching and the man- management of the Ghosts and just knowing exactly what the uh, the net crawlers are going to be putting out there. And, <laughs> you know, hats off. Hats off to those guys. Um, they, they know exactly what, what type of offense the night crawlers are going to provide. So, I think once the ghosts get the the players that they were missing with the game plan and they just hold on to the core guys that they have now, I think they're gonna they have a very bright future for them. Um same thing with the with the orange, they you know, they have some, some key players. Some guys just need to uh take a step back and realize that, you know, they're not supposed to be in, in the spotlight and there's better better roles for those guys to play. So I mean for Florida overall it's very bright. Um, we are the Sunshine State down here, so a lot of good things to come from what I'm seeing um, from the end of the season and already into the off season. So hopefully, we do get a fall. I know that's like the biggest thing to take to kind of take a turn, and we're gonna get back to the Insomniacs later because we we want to give them their just due for winning the championship. But I think that's the onus for the state of Florida now, seeing that we can make it to the top. We made it to the championship game. As far as not, and I say we as in the state of Florida, that's the Nightcrawlers. We're not trying to take anything from them or ride their coattails. But that's the truth. The least invested, the least uh, covered, the least respected. I'm going to call it that because I, I will put us behind Ohio because, hell, them jokers had a playoff game. Um, division in the A7FL. Made it to the championship game. Was favored in that championship game. Even though I know at one point the Insomniacs were the number one overall seed in A7FL. We got to call a spade a spade. People were talking about Bagway. Like he was saying, hey, is he the best uh, quarterback? People were saying, no, he's the best in the league. So we have the number one. I want to say maybe I maybe I got to double check this. I don't have the facts in front of me. But I'm pretty sure the number one scoring offense. Who knows? We didn't play as you know as many games, but the number one scoring offense in the in the entire league, we had who everyone was calling the best quarterback in the entire league. We had against again another number one overall seed in the Watchmen. We have a player in D. Davis, which everyone feels like could be a starting quarterback on any team that he wants to, outside of maybe you know where Huff is playing. But let's be real. We would any other team would gladly take him in a heartbeat to run their their to run their. <laughs> I'm not used to that. Joey just cut aside. I have you guys. I gotta let y'all know why I'm laughing. <laughs> I'm not used to being able to look at his facial expressions while I say these things. But that guy is any franchise would be you know outside of a franchise with Huff would be. Um, <laughs> 
these are these are those guys. This is the team, you know, and we brought that to the championship game. This is on the league now. Hey, look at what you have here. Invest in it. The views will come. The plays happen down here. We have incredible plays that happen every week. Mm-hmm. They're here. You just got to film us. <laughs> you know, funny that you said that. I swear there's film out there, Woody. There's film out there somewhere over this past year. We have just not seen it. We've been asking for it. You know, the league always tells us, our commissioner always tells us, promote the league, get out there, recruit, recruit, recruit. Well, how are the guys supposed to recruit? How are we supposed to get the Florida division out there if we don't have any film? The only concrete film we have is from year one. Yep. Or from the playoff games um, that the Nightcrawlers had last year. That is nothing. When people want to see, oh, what's the Florida division about? They don't want to see one or two games. They want to see all the teams in the division. People want to be able to promote themselves. We can't do that down here without any film. So in order for the Florida division, we want the, the division to grow. So give us what we need and help us out. We're trying. Just give us a little bit of film. To make money, you gotta you got to spend money. So we'll we'll do what we can down here. We just need some help from the guys upstairs. Yeah, it's a it would sound like a broken record. This is the same points I've had, you know, all last year into this year. We're competing. I feel like we we've we've kind of land landed a good blow against semi pro down here. I feel like a lot of the teams, especially in the Central Florida semi pro division, from the influx of talent that came over from the Nightcrawlers, and even from the conversations we've had with semi pro teams out here. We've cracked the market, so those players are coming. But we still have to complete compete with Flag. And now I feel like what Flag has done with, you know, I'll, I'll shout him out, um, Mr. Washington with Flag Beast, and the film that those guys are getting, you know, between the pictures, the film, the way the highlights that these guys can put together, these may, to some people, may sound silly. This is a big deal to the current football player. To the guys that want to go out there and risk their bodies and show off their athletic talent, they want to be able to have the clips for their Instagrams. From some of these more, from some of our more old school guys, which I, I can't even say that too much because from the town beef days, Ryan DePaul's, like, I think the way he made money was also working on, I want to say, sorry, Ryan, if I'm lying on you. I know that he worked on motorbikes, but I know that he also did film. So the film was huge. We would play games on Sundays and on Monday. Hey, is the film ready? Guys, come on. <laughs> you know, he's got to cut all these games up. But so I want to say film has always been important to us. But if we want to grow this league, if we want to promote, we want to compete with what these other, uh, these other brands of football have, we have to have proper film above all else. Because guys will play on any old field. Watching those flag games, I get a headache sometimes. Where the fuck is Enzo? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They'll play horizontally on the field. Like, it would blow my mind. So the fields, yes, we got decent fields here. I feel like you throw a rock, it's going to land on a nice field here in Florida. Except for that one we played out in Tampa. In Tampa yeah. Except for in Tampa. I they always found be, two shitty fields out there. It was two shitty fields. Yeah. As if we didn't think that first field was bad. That one where we played the playoff game went against the Orange. Oh, my God. That one was terrible. Yeah, they played the, the Florida Championship game on it, too. And oh. everyone was like, what What are they playing on? That was that was the common comment that we kept getting. It was a shame after losing Lake Brantley, Windermere, like, and even I want to say Northeast was the least better than that. 
was definitely, not the least, definitely better than that field. Um, again, they didn't have maybe the seating, but, I mean, at least aesthetically, it was a lot better than what they had. So, I mean, we can fix the field easily. I think what needs to be fixed desperately is the fi is the film. We need film, and at least, and at least for the, the product that we're putting on the film, it's hard to study for your opponent when it's Thursday, Friday, and you still don't have no film. And then it don't come. <laughs> I can't even say we get it on Saturday. It just does not come. So it's like, what are we going to do? That needs to be fixed to help our level of co our play on the field, the preparation that we can have. Not just for us. Hell, for the other teams that want to play against us. So that definitely needs to happen. That's that we're, we're a broken record on that one for sure. Yeah, and to end the point on that, at the end of the day, it starts right now. It starts that first day after the season is over planning the fields for next year. It's not the last-minute thing, so things fall through, and then we're scrambling for a field. Same thing with the uh, with the film. We need to be finding an A, B, and C guy. So if A calls out, this car breaks down, whatever it is, we have backups that are able to get there to the field and get us that film in a timely manner. If we really want to invest in Florida, it needs to start now, and we need to be able to put the people in the right positions that actually want to be there and that are willing to put into the work to make this division what it could be. And, I mean, you've heard it from from all the guys on the 301 podcast. Uh, even Rob, Rob said it first, you know, Florida's coming. He said, even myself in year one, I was like, oh, like all the guys are talking, oh, we're going to run the league and all this stuff. I was like, look, this league's been going on for nine, nine, ten years, whatever it is. It's going to take a couple years. I think we've gotten to the championship game a lot faster than any of the expansion divisions. So now it's time for the players have done their part. It's time for everyone else to invest in us and get us to where we need to be to really make some noise in this league. Uh, I will say, I will correct you just on that one point, just because I'm sure I, I heard everyone in Vegas speak up. They technically got to the championship faster than us as an expansion division. They were season two. Ours was season three, but tomato to fucking motto. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's year two for Vegas. They made it to the championship. But, yes, to Sky Hamilton, the quarterback, um, playing an amazing game. Um, he reminds me a lot of uh, – I'm going to get a little somber here, guys. Um, personally, I just lost an old teammate from when I first came into uh, A7, back then known as uh, Town Beef, Nigel Green, uh, number five for uh, the Garden State Outlaws. Um, shout out to, to him and all his loved ones. Uh, condolences. Um he, he passed away two Sundays ago. Uh, on July 30th, he passed away. Um, he was a bigger guy, um, played quarterback. He could, could, could fling the rock. Like, that guy had an arm on him. Um, great guy. Anyone who knew him knew he had an infectious personality. Always um, trying to uplift everybody as far as, like, make sure everyone has a good time, telling jokes. Really, really good guy. So rest in peace to Nigel Green. Um, so not to turn it on a somber note, but I brought that up because um, – uh, Mr. Hamilton, he he definitely reminds me a lot of Nigel as far as being that bigger pocket pa uh, pocket quarterback who's a big guy, kind of a big statue back there, but can get loose a little bit like you saw on the goal line and, and, and definitely get himself in the end zone as well. So big shout out to him. I want to give him his uh his just due for his playoff run. It was great. Yeah. Um, a couple key players that I noticed that made some very big play. Uh, Q, um Obviously, co-MVP on defense had those two very big picks that essentially turned the uh, the tide of that game and the momentum and changed everything, gave him some hope. Uh, obviously, 
Anthony uh, Wilkerson, RTC. Yep. Uh, amazing game from him. You, I mean, you get exactly what you see. Um, so he ran the rock as hard as he could, and I believe he got in there at the end, linebacker a little bit as well. So make, making impacts on both sides of the ball. Trey Robinson, obviously, you know, one of the, one of the standout um, playmakers for those guys. I think number seven is that tall, lanky, I think his uh, name is Timothy or whatever. Yes. On the back of his jersey, yes, yes. I know he had, he had a very big game in the uh, the chaos game. Um, Scott Hamilton, uh, typically, what this league is used to as far as quarterbacks is he's not it. You know, we're used to those receivers converting to the to the, uh, the quarterback position, like the um, quarterback from the Stary. Yeah, the Stary, the Stary's mm-hmm. of the league. So I mean, showing that you can be a pocket passer. And can run an offense like that, you know. Shout out to those guys over there on uh, the Insomniacs. Number seven, by the way, Vic Clark. I believe it's. I don't want to mispronounce it. I believe it's David Clark, but I see that he goes by Vic Clark. So that's that's who number seven is for the for the Insomniacs. Yep, yep, yep. And then I think the other one was Funchia. I think that's they call him. Uh, number eighty-five. Number eighty-five. I think that's the other receiver out there. That uh, was made some key blocks. I think he made the yes. key block on that, the fourth and seven, um, where they ran that speed option to RTC, yep. um, and he made I think one, if not two, key blocks down the sideline to where he scored. So I mean, that's that's a selfless player making a selfless play right there. For sure, that's the things that kind of separates those, um, kind of separates those those plays that can go for a ten yard gain as opposed to one that can spring it for a touchdown. Um, so I'm definitely on your side 100% with that. Um, so shout out to those guys. Um, what do we have for Ohio? What do you think? So we'll, we'll close that chapter there on, on Vegas. Um, we'll see what they do with their fall season they have coming up in December. Fingers crossed for one here in Florida. But what do you have as far as what do you see Ohio needs to do to take that next step? What do they need to do or pretty much who? Oh. I don't, I don't, I think there's a shorter list of what not to do for the next upcoming season. Oh, um, be nice. I think I left my list at home. I mean, other than the chaos, um, I think they need to get off the board and off the, uh, the promotional videos and into the weight room and work on their chemistry a little bit more. Um, I mean, Keno Thomas, you know, great athlete. I just don't think quarterback was for him. And sometimes you gotta, you gotta figure that out. Um, you know, not throwing any shade to him, like I said, he's a, he's an amazing athlete. Quarterback just if they want to go farther and they don't want to just run the, the Ohio division, different position for him. Maybe going back to something that feels a little bit more natural. And uh, my boy uh, Vanilla Vic, man, you <laughs> butchered butchered that that nickname, my boy. You gotta you got you gotta switch it up, man. Um, but I mean, for the for the high division, I believe it's bright. I, I'm excited to see what the heists are gonna gonna produce next year. So of the uh, the crush, who were predominantly the uh, the number one team in Ohio last year. So to see how those guys bounce back and see how they, um, you know, really really come back and build the teams that they have and see if they can expand to a couple more teams. What about you, Woody? I definitely think that um, what they need to do is uh, recruit. I think they need to recruit. I think they need um, some different athletes in there. I kind of, you know, to make your point a little bit, but it's kind of the same. I want to say they're they're a little bit further behind us 
for sure. And that's uh, something that I said to them, I believe, when they, we had them on there. Um, but they definitely, as far as um, not just their brand of football. I think that's the thing, um, and I might be giving away some free game here. Um, but we, we've all seen it. I'm not even saying anything that controversial or groundbreaking. Um, that you playing just your brand of football, of what you play at in your state, isn't going to get you over that hump. So just playing or just playing the style that works for you in Ohio isn't going to work when you then go play Jersey or when you then go play Vegas or when you then go play Florida. Because the way we play here in Florida, that technically worked well against Jersey. Let's just be real. The way that the Nightcrawlers play, which is a, the way of a lot of us play here in Florida in football. So I think that they kind of have to take that step of understanding that it's bigger than just Ohio. Because the chaos are big. They're big fish in their pond. I said, what did I say? The chaos, right? Yeah, the chaos. Yeah. They're big fish in their pond. But they got to understand there's a whole nother ocean out there. So I, I think that's what they need to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with you. Um, overall, I think this might be one of our first disagreements. Nah, we disagreed on uh, the uh, <laughs> the preseason. Okay, okay, sure. okay. Um, so, in order to be a successful team, I think you need to perfect your brand of football. Going out and playing somebody else's brand of football and trying to elevate to their game, I don't think that will make you successful. I think that your brand of football, you perfect it, and you make other people try to play your style. Because if you get caught up playing other people's style of football and other people's brand of football, you're not going to be very successful. So, okay, that's kind of not what I was saying. I'm not saying that you got to play how they play, but you got to understand it, is what I'm saying. Okay. So you just go out there thinking, okay, we're just going to do us, and not understanding what they do as well is where they they, they need to adjust. They didn't. They were shell shocked at what they saw from mm -hmm. from what they saw from Vegas. They had no counter. They didn't know what to do. So they just kept trying to do what they do. So if we're you know breaking it down further, offensively you do what you do. You make them adjust. But defensively you can't just do what you do. Defense is a reactionary part of the ball. You know you don't just say well I'm just going to come out in my cover two and that is it what it is. You know if you run primarily a zone and you get out there against a team that's going to Runs post, double posts everywhere. Then you're in for a long night. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, I'm from Ohio, so I can say this. Yeah. It makes me question the, the type of football that's being played up there because you typically know what you're getting from Ohio football. Um, but going back to what you said, they were shell-shocked. They, they were not used to playing that type of quality of team. But if you think about what the chaos are made of, made up of is that semi-pro the Chargers team that is predominantly defensive football and they from what I've heard they're a dominant team up there so what is that saying about the style of football for Ohio up there right now and just maybe where they're positioned yeah maybe they're used to running a very um, small pond and they're that big fish that you were talking about maybe it's time to get out and explore a little bit more to some better football maybe <laughs> that could possibly be it. Um, I think that they just got to get creative, I think. I think they got to get creative. They got to get in the lab. Um, luckily for us, all us other divisions, there's a lot of film out there on Vegas. Um, there's a lot of film out there on Jersey. So um, it's time to get in the lab, I think, for Ohio. And, again, I think they just need to get some different athletes in there. I think they need to elevate the talent pool there. And again, that's no shade on any player in Ohio, but if you take it, oh well, fuck it. Um,
come to Florida, come get waxed. But um, I just think that that is what they need to do in order to take the next level. They gotta have, um, they gotta upgrade that talent pool. They gotta add, you know, add some players. I think they, their roster sizes weren't too bad from what I saw in film, but I think that's what it is. When you have a good roster size, but you're not able to compete, you need a better talent pool. You know, you got mm-hmm. numbers, but numbers are numbers. You need quality too. So I think that's what it is for um, Ohio. Uh, we spoke about what we think Florida needs for sure. Um, we spoke about what Ohio needs. We spoke about what Vegas needs. What about Jersey? What do you think uh, Jersey needs to do to reclaim their dominance over the A7FL? So, I mean, if you really think about it, they, they don't need to do too much. Um, what I think they are going to do, though, is they pretty much just got slapped in the face. They got taken down off the uh, off the pedestal. So I think there's going to be a lot of team hopping and I think super teams being created. So it's not as much of what they they're need to do, it's what they're going to do. So I think you're going to see pretty much a BIC, a U, um, a Watchman. Um, and there's just going to be really three teams out there um, over in Jersey and Baltimore that are going to be essentially super teams and I think that's now the the direction that the league is going to start heading that they're going to want the the one two teams in the divisions to kind of to run those divisions and essentially you know that's that's my belief yikes uh that's a very grim take um for me I do think there's going to be a lot of team hopping going on I'm let's just be real there's a lot of there's going to be people that's going to want to you know um go to different franchises what do you think I see that you know you named BIC, you named the U, and you named the Watchmen. I don't. Okay, let me not. Let me not get there. We'll get there next. I the Omega's t- all the way, baby, uh, behind Corey Hammond in his shirtless shirts. <laughs> um, <laughs> the um, I think for me, what I feel Jersey needs to do, like you said, um, they got punched in the face. I think this is a second coming. Of um, like I said, I, I said this before. I'll give, I'll pat myself in the back. They won't take the other divisions seriously until they get punched in the mouth. Until someone else wins it, I think with Florida bouncing a Northeast team out of there, and then for Vegas to eventually win it all. I know some people didn't like the format. Um, they didn't like. They felt like Vegas had a you know cakewalk there. They're saying that they won. They you know they paid their way into the championship game because of the money that uh, Derek Duncan is putting in there. You know, this is a non-league affiliated podcast. We're going to be real. That is what guys are saying 100%. Um, but I feel that at the end of the day, this is what the wake-up call for Jersey. That's the punch in the mouth they needed. Hey, the talent is out there. And like Rob was saying, like I was saying, I felt like we were there. We were there. Rob said a couple more years. I think I only said one more season. Um, so I was even wrong on it. But for them to get to that championship game, um, I think that woke up uh, the Northeast and realized, nah, we can't play around. So I feel like you said there may be some super teams built, but um, I think that for them it's just going to be they got to lock in and understand that they can't um, take these other teams lightly. I think they took um, – they didn't take the Nightcrawlers lightly, but I feel like, again, they didn't – they weren't prepared for what they were going to see. And that 60 that got put on them, was evident that their their defense was not there. 
a very good Baltimore um, Watchmen defense did not show up to play that game. And, I mean, the Crawlers defense didn't either because it was a very, very high-scoring game. But, again, I will say that I just feel like that's what it is. But to pivot after answering your question, my question to you, Joey, you named BIC, you named the U East with a certain quarterback that you were very, very high on. Now, I'm not going to speak without movement here. You know, there was a certain quarterback that that was a, a rankings-moving quarterback <laughs> on a certain team. You didn't name that team. Why was that? Because he's not going to be playing for him next year. <laughs> so where do you think he's going? You think he's going to one of those big uh, big three teams that you named? I got, possibly. You know, I'm, I'm going to call it uh, Huff to the BIC. Get the hell out of here. I think... I mean, kind of piggybacking off the three-on-one, I'll give them their credit, but I saw Baby Joker was gone. He went to BIC. I could see them already talking about it under the table, and from what I know about BIC, they, they're not going to announce their big moves. They're going to they're gonna keep their, their tricks up their sleeves and in their hats, and maybe game one, you have a, a two-quarterback system, kind of that resembles a Nightcrawler, that flag style of throwing back different situational uh, football because maybe these jerseys guys come together they say hey we, we need to reclaim the throne here we need to uh, put our egos aside we know who the best players are let's get together let's make this shit work and uh, let's reclaim that throne so you're calling Starry and Huff two quarterback set to the BIC maybe Maybe, maybe not even. Maybe Sterry goes back to receiver or back Damn. to safety. Wow. Okay, that's that's big. Um, I don't have my ear uh, out there like yours. I think my sources are talking a little bit different. So let me not say. It. I just think I have different sources. Um, I saw. I was hearing more of a homecoming to the to going back home to the U. I think um, that time apart. Made uh made it feel as though um, it could be mended. It was a very ugly breakup. As um, some of the things that were said and um, the way things went, but I was facetiously saying, you know, what about uh, <laughs> what about the team that you didn't name you know, that you that you didn't name uh, the animals? But I I've, I've been hearing Huff going back home, and I think that will kind of. Um, Balance out the powers, and I think that will bring in some of those, I hate to call it team hoppers, I'm, I'm doing quotations here, it's audio podcast, but with my hands, the team hoppers, over to the U, which is an established brand, a championship brand, just like the BIC, but um, the U were king not too long ago, and BIC were the Cinderella's that finally, you know, got their win back, so I think that, um, that's what I've been hearing, so I think that's more of where that's going to go. Okay. I like that. Honestly, I think the BIC fits Huff more, if you think about it. For, I mean, just from what I've seen, um, the U, they, they have the offensive linemen. They're more of a – if you think about what the what BIC is able to do, they have, I would say they have the better receivers. Well, BIC has the greatest running back in the history of the league as well. Courage and ice cream trucks. So why not go there? Are you saying he's going to try and bring Ice Cream Truck or Courage to the U? No, no, no. Courage is not going anywhere. <laughs> no, I wouldn't even dare say that. But I, it's hard to say that 
BIC is a better fit for him when the U, he was the U. What, what better fit was it than the team that was you? He got to his GOAT status at the U because of what he did with the U. So the U is tailor-made for him. I understand what you're saying, whereas as far as you're talking about putting, you know, him at the engine that he is inside of that Lamborghini, but I think that the fit for him better is the U because that's, that's him. Well, I mean, look, look at what he did with the animals. You put a... a a V8 engine in a Honda Civic, and you just let it go to work. That, that's true, but I think that this is, they're more than, the, the U is more than a Honda Civic. I mean, I know that they, they, they brought over some, a lot of, not a lot, they brought over a few pieces from Baltimore, which is going to take me to my next point. Um, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know. I like what you're saying, though. It's a ready-built situation there, but I don't see why you supplant Stary. Like, Stary's not the problem. He's not what they need as far as an upgrade there in BIC. I don't know. That's I don't know. I think we're just going to agree to disagree on that one. I guess we're just going to have to see where um, Huff Mr. Goes. Huff goes. Yeah, I think that's that's an, again a very big uh, piece right there where that chip lies. A lands will like speak volumes in that Northeast division. Um, what did you have? Because I had another point. You can you can go ahead with yours and we can touch our mind. I think for those two teams and even the rest of the teams in the division, um, I think the onus is going to be on defense. I think that's where, like, the obviously you see offense is king here. We know football, especially football in the year of 2023. But I think that those emerging defensive players, you look at the championship game from last year, the impact Verardi made. On that, you know, that's how they got co-MVPs. Mm -hmm. And you look again here in Vegas, there was another co-MVP because of what? The two defensive plays that were made. I think for not just that division, because we're talking about that, but all the divisions, that's where those championships are built. And I know that's an old, old adage that defense wins championships, but those splash plays, those defining moments, if you look at the past couple championships, have come on the defensive side of the ball and not the offensive side of the ball. That's a, that's a that's a very good point, and I think uh, we'll we'll touch on the importance of defense and defensive captains, and essentially who runs the defense in a little bit later. Um, a question that I have for you, Woody. We talked uh, we talked pretty pretty much in depth about Jersey. We talked about three teams that could possibly be three super teams. Who do you see that could be maybe a dark horse? Somebody that could be right there underneath the three teams if those if that happens. Uh, so that's a tough question because um, when you're looking at the rest of the division, I'm going to go with a brand. Um, I know that you know the animals did a good job, obviously bringing over Huff, but Huff is leaving. You know the Renegades are um, a team which I feel like. If someone wants to go make a name for themselves, they can go make this a name for themselves in a franchise that does not have a legendary player. They've had a lot of good players come in and out of the Renegades, but they don't have a legendary player like the BIC does, like the U does. And, you know, the Watchmen are a new team, but come on, you know, there's they're not that removed from finding one, um, especially with the amount of talent that's going there. I think at the end of the day, the dark horse that I feel, you gotta go with a good brand, a solid brand, and the 
the snow tribe, man. I, I think I know you about you know me. You know me. I love me a good brand. I was gonna say that, yeah. They, I mean they essentially they have the money and they they're a couple pieces away. Um I think they do have the, the brain and the game plan for it. They're just missing those key pieces and to get that chemistry essentially. Essentially. And I think that they have again everything like I sp- I spoke of. They, that's a team that does not have a goat. They don't have a legendary player. So if you want to be that guy that then goes there and, and makes a name for himself, that, that could be the place to do it. So I feel like that fourth team that can go and, you know, make a push and be that surprise team could be the animals of this year. Um, I can definitely see the Snow Tribe, and I can see a player like CP3 going to the Snow Tribe. I can see players like, honestly, like, I don't know what's going to happen with BIC and the, and the Bell Brothers. I can see them going there. I know Isaac was already there. I can see him maybe spinning the block going back there. I don't know. Again, my sources aren't telling me um, the same things I'm hearing, but um, the same things that you may be hearing. But I feel like players, if they want to congregate to a place and really make a push, and there's some young players that want to go a place and make a name for themselves in a place where you don't have a legendary figure, possibly in your position, to where you got to live up to, I mean, it's easy to go somewhere like BIC and be a great faceless player. Mm-hmm. You know, that's no shade at BIC, but they got legendary players at wide receiver, quarterback, return now, running back, you know, offensive line. Like, at this point, yeah, I think that's a place to go. I think Snow Tribe is a place where guys really need to think about playing and, you know, think outside of the box. I'm sorry to steal your question. You still, no, you're so good. So you steal your thunder, but you asked me the question, and, you know, I got to go first. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's exactly who I would take. I would either take the Snow Tribe or I would take um, the Renegades. Uh, I like their defense there, but, you know, we, we really broke down the Snow Tribe. They have a lot of emerging players, and they're a couple key pieces away. I think Liberty should make the move from the Renegades to the Snow Tribe. I think... Ooh. I think that offensive line fits their style and his play style and that he could make a very big impact over there. Yeah, I think – I know they played together on the Renegades before, but I think CP3 uh, – Liberty. Liberty, CP3, and I don't know what wide receiver, but I'm sure there's maybe a wide receiver that may want to make a name for himself out there. If those three pieces go there with that offensive line and that big back that they have, I mean – that's not that's the that's a good start. I won't sit there and say, yeah, that's it. They're going to be able to compete, but that's a start with the players that they already have there. If they can build, those players can, like you said, build up that chemistry. And these guys got to get in the lab. Everyone has to get in the lab. I've been preaching this to every player um, on the Ghost at nauseum. You got to get in there and work on your craft. You got to get out there on the field and do football in order to get better at football. And I think that if, you know, guys are out there playing in these flag leagues, fingers crossed, I'm like holding it in the air. There's a fall for these guys. You're going to see a jump in productivity and a jump in skill between these next two seasons with a fall. The money may not be there, but if you give basic film and you give guys a chance to play, this is like your own farm system by having fall. I'm not going to read... <laughs> re-enter that conversation, but um, I think that's something that could benefit a team like the Snow Tribe, benefit teams like the Renegades, benefit an Orlando Ghost, benefit um, 
the crush benefits the heist these teams um what's the other team ott uh what's the other one out there in vegas um ott was purple and gold uh mm-hmm. the orange was sick with it sick oh with yeah it. sick with it that could that could benefit the kryptonite that's the one i was mm-hmm. really thinking of that's a that's something they're having their fall don't get me wrong but i'm just saying that's where teams like that are going to grow yeah and you know let's let's bring it back to uh to florida a little bit i think Ending on Florida would be a great uh, part of the show to end on. What, 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 what do you expect from the Ghosts next year? I, do you expect them to be? Let's start with the Hearts. What's that? Let's start with the Hearts. Let's start with the Hearts. Okay. Um, <laughs> I expect to see their coach maybe on the sideline next year, um, and not maybe so much in the coaches' chat and or on the board supporting them. Easy on my guy, but yes. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, you know, get a chance to meet him, meet him, shake his hand, and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, support the uh, support the orange, you know, um, and just to kind of pick up of where they left off. Obviously, they left off left off on a very high note. Uh, the cha- the Florida Division <laughs> Championship game did not go the way that they wanted to. That's but a, I mean, sure, that's a high note. <laughs> They, 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 hey man, they got there. They got, they got there. there. Yeah, they got they there. added. They added some really good players. Yeah, Who right. knows if they're going to be able to keep those guys after that ass whooping that was handed to them? Um, so those guys are probably up for pickings. Um, <laughs> so just building off of what where they left off, um, and I would say more structure of the guys in the right places. So that's what I that's what I have for the orange. Yeah, I think you, you hit that on that nail on the head. So for the crawlers, who do you what do you see for the crawlers? Um, I mean, just yeah. to keep what they got more more structure, um, and just following following the game plan. Don't don't get out of character. Know your role, and just honestly play all four quarters to the whistle. Just play all four quarters to the whistle is the only advice that I have. To so the, literally to what you said last year. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying it again. Just don't let up. Just play all four quarters and save the celebration till after the game. You guys could have celebrated in Vegas and had the best time of your life, but probably went back to your home, hotel rooms and sulked. Who knows? Maybe maybe some of the guys, they didn't give a shit. They went out and celebrated anyway. Um, but, I mean, just play four quarters, and you guys would have been celebrating at the end of the game in Vegas. Yeah. Um, again, I want to add two cents, but – you said it all there um, for the night callers for sure. Um, for the ghosts, to answer the question you asked me, um, the ghosts have to recruit. The ghosts have to um, rebuild their numbers. Uh, their roster was gutted last season, um, just like the Orange was. But what the Orange did that the ghosts didn't do, and that's the difference between being in second and last place, or not being in the championship game and being in the championship game, which is something that the ghosts did two years in a row. Um, they got to rebuild that roster. They got to have their numbers. Um, their entire core was gutted. I, I mean, we're we're keeping it 100. This is the end of the season. This is the you know after the season podcast. Um, the main returners um, were you and me and Gene and who am I forgetting? Travis and Travis and Ray and Ray. But if we're talking about OG. From OGs oh, from okay. season one, core yeah. guys from the beginning, just you and I and Gene. Yeah. And you only go out there with three players. So, you know, we go, we add a Khalil last season. We add the players that we added, like you say, Travis and Array and these good guys. But that's not enough to compete with what the Crawlers are bringing. 
that's not enough to compete with what the Orange brought out there um, with the moves that they made. So, again, we know what happened right before the season started, maybe like, you know, uh, a month before the season started. We know what happened. We don't have to rehash that. But for the Ghosts, they, they, they have everything else in place. They need to get back to having the players. Before they had the players, they had the, um, they had the game plan. It was just they lost it in, um, in those moments, year two, year one. They lost it in those moments in the championship game. They, they, they faltered and lost who they were, what brought them to the dance. Now they lost those players. You know, Eli's out serving the country. They lost, um, they lost uh, Avery to an injury. Tavis, they lost him to an injury. You know, Mark Cooper went out to, to Vegas. Who? Mark Cooper went out to Vegas to play for... The Force. The Force. To play for the Force. That's the team we didn't even bring up. Oh, yeah. We didn't bring up the Force at all. Next episode. Okay. Um, the uh, Who else did we lose? We lost... Todd. Todrick. Oh, my God. That's not his name. His name's Todd. But we lost Todd. Todd is another great player that we lost. There's more. I'm, I'm forgetting somebody else. Lost uh, Tristan, but he'll be back with us next year. Lost Tristan was a very key piece. I'm blanking on somebody, and it's going to kill me. But um, all those players, I just named four or five players that were key players on the team that we lost due to life and, you know, people also making other decisions with their lives. So, I mean, that's what the Ghosts have to do. Um, we're two ghosts here on the on the podcast, so obviously we're gonna have a little bit more in depth analysis. But recruit, rebuild, come back—that's what the ghosts need to do. Orange need to make the adjustments, put players in the right place. They need to recruit as well. They need to keep their pieces, hopefully for their their sake. And you know, I'm just gonna you know keep it down the middle. The the crawlers—they gotta play four quarters, man. They gotta play four quarters. They're a team that have everything that they need. They're just not getting it done. But that's what Florida needs, um, and we definitely need film. Hello, A7FL, higher-ups. We need film. We need film. We need film. We need better fields, and we need film. Um, invest in Florida. Florida will invest back into you. We will be able to be that third division for you. That will definitely be a pillar for years to come. Just invest in us, guys. We don't have an owner. Spend some money. Invest in Florida. And watch the seeds grow. Come on, guys. Let's do it. Any final words, Joey? Yeah, two things Florida needs is uh, better film and a shirt for Joey. Joey needs his shirt. Come on. Stop fucking playing. Enough is enough, guys. <laughs> Get him his shirt. Um, so that'll wrap up the, the podcast. This was great having you right here, Joey. Um, we're going to continue to improve this for you. Um, this won't be what it finally sounds like. Um, we're going to add some more pieces of equipment. We're going to invest. As we're telling the league to invest in, in us, we're going to invest into this podcast. It's already gotten better throughout this entire um, second season of the podcast. As I said, from the beginning, um, the addition of you, Joey, has been a great, great, great part of this, um, part of this journey, part of this show. Um, the growth in you as a host, as a podcaster, has been great to watch. Um, so this is just going to continue, like you said, through, as we said, at the beginning of the podcast, throughout the off season, we're going to have some fun, uh, conversations. Hopefully we can even get some in-person guests. 
Hopefully we can get some um, video up to go with this audio. Um, this podcast is going to grow. Shout out to you, Joey. Shout out to our listeners, uh, 1,000%. Um, anything you want to say before I wrap it up? You know, as usual, guys, appreciate you guys for listening to us and helping us grow this podcast. Um, I mean, if we were out here talking to nobody, we probably wouldn't be doing this anymore. Um, so, I mean, just keep listening, keep believing in us, and keep believing in the ghost, and we'll catch you on the next podcast. Absolutely. Always go ghost. So, again, thank you all for listening to the parlay. Um, I'm your host. That is, jo- I'm your host, Woody. That is Joey. Please listen, share, and subscribe. Uh, listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Go ahead and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Like my man Bomani Jones say, if you leave four stars, we are inclined to believe that you are a hater. So do not be a hater and leave us five stars on the parlay. As always, I'm your host. My name is Woody. That's Joey. And we're out. We're getting this fucking shit. That was fun.